True North, welcome to church to be God's house, isn't it? Come on, let's really clap. We're glad to be in church this morning. Hey, listen, if you're here for the first time, welcome. We're glad that you're with us today. And uh, man, I know anytime you're in a new environment, um, there's always a lot of emotion happening. Uh, but listen, I want you to know we're grateful that you're here today. Can we just one more time show some love to everyone who's here for the first time? Man, um, I just, we're so blessed as a church, with, gifted with so many different areas. I mean, those who teach Encompass Kids, those who work on production and sound, those who are on our worship team. Um, and I just wanted you to know as your pastor, I'm just blown away every week. The talent and, the, and just the heart by which you serve God, um, it's seen in such a powerful way, and it impacts so many people. And, uh, man, what an amazing, can we just show some love to the worship team? They, these guys are incredible in what you do. Well, hey, today I don't want to take any time away. Um, I, we have a, a special guest with us today, and it's just such a privilege to have him. Before he comes, however, I just want to acknowledge uh, the veterans in the house today being Veterans Day. And um, man, I just, if you're a veteran in the house, you mind standing this morning um, so that we can honor you? Come on, just stand up. Just really love to honor you. Come on, church, that's really honor. Thank you for your service and all that you've done. But listen, I just really believe in showing honor and where honors do. And um, could you stand to your feet with me this morning? It's with a great honor and privilege uh, that we have Dr. Don Leachy with us today. And he, uh, he spoke into my life a few years ago down in Virginia Beach. And I had the opportunity and the privilege to hear him speak. And it impacted me in such a profound way. And over that time, the course of time, he's not only been able to continue to speak in my life, but as my counselor, he's been able to help navigate me through seasons and encourage me and inspire me. And um, I just, you're going to be so blessed today by hearing him share with you. Um, and this is his first time with us, True North. This is his first time with us as a family. Show him some love as he comes to the stage. Come on, show him some love, church. Thank you, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you so very, very much. I so appreciate you being here today. Um, the Lord Jesus Christ, let's lift his name up. Jesus said that if I would be lifted up, that I would draw all men to myself. And I want Jesus Christ to be lifted up today. Thank, thank the Lord for the team. Thank you for the worship team. I, I'll let you sit down just one second, but I just want to say that, you know, I, I'm not a pastor. I'm a psychologist, and I love Jesus Christ, and uh, I want you to know that. But I also know that it is possible to have your body somewhere and your heart and mind somewhere else. Actually, we know how to do that. However, when we come together like this in the body of Christ and we have this time of worship like we've had this morning, you know, it has a way of bringing our hearts and mind and soul and spirit into the same place where our bodies are. So let's give it up for our worship team and our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you so very, very much. You may be seated. Thank you. And thank you for honoring the veterans today. Uh, I've served uh, back a long time ago, back in the Vietnam era. I have a son who is active duty right now as a naval officer overseas. Don't get to see him that much. But they do sacrifice an awful lot for us to be able to have this kind of freedom. So grateful for that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You think about the power of God. You think about the mighty, amazing power of God. And I believe today that God still has the power to help us 
to break the chains of shame, to break the chains of doubt, the, the, shame, uh, the, the, the chains of lack, the chains of not good enough, all of those chains, the very same power that God spoke through Jesus Christ to create all of the stuff in the universe is here today for you. And some of you today, I believe, have come in with these chains. And I love that song that says, look where the chains are now. They're going to be gone. They're le- they're, I mean, Jesus is here for you today. That is so good. And uh, in fact, the title of the message today is called Breaking the Bondage of Shame, Breaking the Chains of Shame, and the the same power of God that's here. I want to say, I've already got the shirt, so some of you are going to have it as well. Here it is. And it says, not done yet. God's not done in his creative work, in his restorative work, in his amazing work to work in our lives, in us and through us. And what's happening here at True North is so amazing. You're, you're here today. You're gathered together. You're worshiping. You're giving. You're singing. You're praising. You're, you're ready now to receive the word of God. And I'm praying, Lord Jesus Christ, you are so welcome in this place. Come into this place. Break the bonds of shame shame and chains that would keep us from realizing all of the potential that you have in mind for us. I pray for every man and woman, every child, every young person, old. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will come into this place right now and in the miracle of your creative energy, take the truth of your word, the long distance from the head to the heart. Change us in Jesus' name. Amen. You agree with that? Hallelujah. All right, here we go. We're ready to go. So we're ready to go. Breaking the bonds of shame and pain, true north, I say that God is not done yet. So you've come here today, and you're here in your bodies, and yet you are an accumulation of so many different things in your life. Life has an accumulating effect. So the question is, is what did you bring? If you're a woman, what did you bring to your womanhood? If you're a man, what did you bring to your manhood? What did you bring into this life that you have now? And I would say that life has this accumulating effect. Some of you uh, think about you're not that far away from school. You remember what it was like when your, your desk would get all cluttered up or your locker would get all cluttered up or your bedroom gets all cluttered up with old smelly clothes and trash and old food and stuff like that. But in so many ways, our lives, our hearts get full of the stuff of life. So sometimes people will say, hey, what are you full of? Come on, go ahead. Yeah, I got it. What do you, someone say, you, Don, are so full of it. You know, like, and you know what it is, right? And uh, you say, what are you full of? Well, the fact is, is that you're full of life. You're full of the accumulation of the life effect. And Jesus is the one that said that, that it stores up. It becomes an abundance in your heart. And what is stored in your heart, what is on the inside, has a way of coming to the outside, And Jesus said, in fact, listen to how people talk. What do you say about yourself, about others, about relationships? You kind of get an idea what has been stored on the inside. And what has been stored on the inside are things like your birth order, the order that you happen to be born, the atmosphere that you grew up in your family. Uh, Sometimes we say it's, it's the growth and developmental issues. It's the books that you've read. It's the people that you've known, uh, what was expected of you and your family. And in some cases, it has been really good, and in some places it has been bad, and in some cases it has been pretty ugly, frankly. 
and it has accumulated both those negative and positive influences that have been stored up in your heart. And I want to say today that if you are here today, this morning, and you have been bound up with shame and with pain and a low self-concept and not realizing your potential, I would say that you leave those chains here today and you walk out a new man, a new woman, free in Christ. Everybody's got a history the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I can tell you that, that you don't need to leave here in half an hour and have that same kind of life-controlling shame building up and built up in your life. You can overcome that, and that's what we're going to talk about today. You say, well, wow, what is shame? Shame is this, uh, this, this overwhelming, painful experience of life. Sometimes it is humiliation, embarrassment, Sometimes in the Eastern culture where I speak at the Chinese church in Akron, they say we lose face. It it's, uh, can, can be internalized as kind of like a, an emotional trauma in our life. And shame is something that when it comes, it is so painful. It is so hurtful. It can be something that is so irrational, and yet not only is it irrational, but it still can be so life controlling. How many of you remember, if you, some of you, I, most of you are not as old as I am. In fact, all of you are not. But I can tell you, I grew up and we used to talk about calling names. And we'd say this little thing, well, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. You know what? That's not true. There is a power in someone's words. In fact, the scripture says that words have the power of life and death. And in some cases, the words that have been spoken to you have become the I messages of your adulthood. Let me say that again. The you messages of your childhood tend to become the I messages of our adulthood. We have no filter of knowing whether it's true or not. We assume that it is. And as the scripture says, that as a person thinks in their heart, so they are. So what are you full of today? You've been full of all the accumulation of life, the good, the bad, the ugly, the you statements, the people that you've known, your generational history, your family of origin, your personality, your temperament, all of that stuff has accumulated to become who you are. And I'm challenging you today to think about your thinking and just because you think it doesn't make it true. So where does this shame come from? Well, it can come from parents. It can come from leaders. It can come from some cases you've come out of some really unhealthy churches. I'm so thankful for what's going on at True North. I just want to say again, I am really thankful for what's happening here at this church. There is a positive message. There's a he- Go ahead. We've got time. There's a healing message. You've got a pastor and a leadership team that believe in you, and they're preaching the Word of God, but they're giving you the truth, and some of you have got to even have the chains of a really unhealthy uh, uh, religious experience broken off of your lives. Strangers, someone cuts you off on the road. They wave at you with one finger. They, you know, they they will... You get the idea, right? And and the fact is is that... that, that, It can come from any number of places. Basically, it comes from the big people in our life, those you messages that can become the I messages. I'm asking you today to challenge what you have said to yourself about yourself and be free. So what can you do? Well, one of the things is you begin 
when you feel that shame, one of the things that we do in our trauma-focused therapy team is we say, hey, this is probably not the first time you have felt this way. When was the first time? When was the worst time? When was the most recent time that you have felt this way? What did you feel? What did you think? What did you experience? Because I can tell you that shame affects not only our thinking, but it affects our emotions. It affects our body. It can go deep into our spirit and soul. It can go very deep in terms, even in our ability to trust other people. And sometimes when we come into our adulthood, we've been wounded by life. And I want to say to you, it is time to be set free. It is time to leave your chains here. The songs that we sang today are talking about the grace and the power and that creative energy in Christ Jesus to help you be a new man, help you be a new woman in Christ. And you leave here today and you are free from that shame. Because, you know, sometimes you say, have you ever, you know, cut yourself, starved yourself, scratched yourself, cried yourself to sleep? Have you ever just gotten to the point where you just hate every single part of who you are? That's not God's design for you. So let's talk about how this works and where it gets lodged in our memory. Can I just take a few minutes and just teach you a little bit about how memory works? You mind if I do that? Okay. So there's really three kinds of memory. You don't need to remember this necessarily, but I want you to think about it. There are three kinds of memory. There is sensory memory, there is short-term memory, and there is long-term memory. Sensory memory comes into us through our senses, what we see, hear, taste, touch, smell. In other words, it comes into us through our senses. It's kind of like last night eating, eating, eating some wonderful Italian food here in New Jersey. I mean, who has Italian food like New Jerseyans? Seriously? And, I, and you smell that smell, and it kind of brings you back to every other time you've had this wonderful experience. The senses will bring in hundreds of thousands of senses every day. Our, our lights and color and just the sound and the worship brings us into this place. But in most cases, what comes in through the senses is pretty much lost within about 400 milliseconds, about half of a second. Now, in some cases, whether there's a shock or a trauma or there's something really great that happens to us, that sensory memory will go into the long-term memory. But typically, that it, it's lost, but then some of those sensations, and I'm hoping that the sensation that you have today will be something that goes into your long-term memory. But then, secondly, there's something called the short-term memory. The short-term memory has a capacity of about seven plus or minus two bits or chunks of information. Interestingly, the people, the neuropsychologists that did the study on short-term memory are the same people that gave us our telephone numbers. Because I can say some numbers to you and to see if you can repeat them back. And if I say, okay, well, my, I lost my cell phone, by the way. And could someone mind just calling? It's 330-573-6465. You think, okay, da 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 And if you repeat that about 20 seconds, it'll go into your long-term memory. But if you have no need, no, some of you are calling it now. I do have it. It's in here. <laughs> I've had people do that. They call me on a Sunday afternoon. I'm sleeping. Hey, Dr. Litchie, is this really you? Yes, it really is. Thank you very much. Click, boom, off. <laughs> it lasts about 20 seconds. But if you 
repeated something over and over again, it also can be lodged into your long-term memory. So sensory memory, half a second. Short-term memory, 20 seconds. Now here's the interesting thing. Your long-term memory, if it is properly encoded, is permanent. That simply means that you can remember things, what you ate last night, but you can think about important things from a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. I'm looking around here, probably I'd go about 20, and that's going to be about it. In other words, you ever, do you ever play the game Remember When? So we're sitting around, large family, we're sitting around the Thanksgiving table, and all of a sudden people start talking about Remember when? Hey, remember when Donnie, that's my name when I was little. Hey, Donnie, do you remember the time when, when you turned the shower on the third floor of our house into a swimming pool? Do you remember that? Yes, I remember that because you remind me of it every Thanksgiving. Yes, we're, we never had, it was a big family, third floor, turned the shower into a swimming pool, forgot the water was on. It went from the third floor to the second floor, to the first floor, to the basement, and my mom has never let us forget it. I was thinking about surgery one time, so I had this old pet rabbit that died, and I decided to dissect it. And I left it on my mom's ironing table, covered it up with a cloth, and I just kind of forgot about it. And about a week later, I heard this, I'm trying to describe it to you, this blood-curdling, awful, hysterical screaming from the backyard. And my mom was just like, so... You get the idea? Some things you're just never allowed to forget, even though you try. What's interesting is that when we think about memory, sensory, short-term, long-term, my question today is what has lodged in the long-term memory of your mind? Now, that's interesting. So when you think about your past... You say, okay, well, you know what, Don, there's a lot of good things. And I say, wow, be thankful for those good things from your past. And number two, don't be overly preoccupied with events from your past because you live in the present and you want to live in the future. But as you review your past, I want to say this to you. This will be one of those really important points. You ready? You ready for the important point? Here it is. We don't live according to the event of our past. We live according to the memory and the interpretation that we give to the events of our past. And thank God those can be edited. That's really important to know that. Because I can tell you that when we, we talk about things that we struggle with as Christians, I can tell you there are all kinds of issues. Horrifying images of God, you know, sometimes that... Just that we don't think God loves us, or we think God's a big meanie, or we think that God's this great cosmic stare that's just trying to find out something wrong with us. Or sometimes we've had some painful things in our past that have lodged in our long-term memory, or perhaps we have this very destructive, distorted image of ourselves, and sometimes we've developed habits that keep us from realizing God's potential. You say, well, why is even thinking about our self-concept so important? Well, I can tell you that it becomes the lens through which we actually interpret all of life. In fact, Jeremiah says that this way. He said, you know, the heart is deceitful above all else beyond cure. Who can know it? In other words, there's a lot that goes on below the surface that continues to work itself out in our life. And you, listen, every single one in here has a lens through which you interpret life. 
You say, well, can a person's self-concept actually change? The answer is yes, but you cannot change the self-concept of another person. We live with the interpretation of the events of our own lives. Thank God those can be edited. That's really good news. So the question then becomes, so, Don, you've come all this way. What can we do with the pain? Are you ready? Are you with me? Okay, let's review. We all have this life accumulation, sensory, short-term, long-term. It's lodged in here. We've, those you messages have become the I messages. Sometimes those are bondages of shame. It keeps us from realizing God's best for us. It's keeping us down from being the best version of ourselves that God has in mind. And now we're ready to talk about what do you do with the pain if, say, okay, Don, good idea. You've, you've represented it well. So what do you actually do with it? How can you fix this? Well, number one, just remember that we don't live with the event. We live according to the memory of the event. We live with the interpretation, and this interpretation can be edited. I think of Joseph, for example, in the uh, Old Testament, in the book of Genesis. You know, he was done wrong. His brothers threw him into uh, a, a pit. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused. He was put into jail. In other words, he had a whole life accumulation of all ways in which he could have been bitter towards everybody, God and life and everyone else. And yet, as time went on, he began to do exactly what we're going to talk about here in the next two minutes. He began to think it through, pray it through, talk it through, receive good counsel. God, the Holy Spirit, began to speak to his heart. And he was able, at the end of Genesis, to say to his brothers, who had done him so wrong, I can see now that those things that you intended for evil, I can see that God meant for good. So number one, you take the lid off and you talk to God honestly. Can I just say that word again? Talk to God honestly about those things that have hurt you. Okay, can I have your eyeballs for a minute, please? Talk to God honestly. Sometimes, oh, I could never say that. Yes, you can. God can take it. In the Psalms, there's a whole group of Psalms called the imprecatory Psalms or the Psalms of complaint or the the Psalms of pleading before God. And David basically gets before God and he says, God, listen, in case you haven't noticed, I have been trying to serve you and these guys over here are rejecting you. They seem like they're getting blessed. I'm being persecuted. Will you just break their teeth out, please? You say, that's in the Bible? Yes, it is. And even worse, I mean, thank God he doesn't always answer our prayers, right? But God never condemns him for his honesty. And you can take the lid off and talk to God about anything. And number two, make sure that you express your feelings about what happened very openly and honestly before God. Now, you may need to get in a closed room, shut the blinds, close the door, and put the noise machine on so your neighbors don't hear. But listen, you work it through. You go home today, you say, Dr. Don, Leaky Leachy, whatever his name is, said, I need to do this. I'm going to take the lid off. I'm going to be honest. And that's one of the things I can tell you at True North that I've been so impressed with is the openness and honesty and transparency of your leadership, being able to say, hey, I'm not okay, and you're not okay, but that's okay. We're here together as a group of not okay people who are learning how to be okay in Christ. That's very good news. Take, <laughs> take the lid off. Talk to God honestly and express your 
feelings openly and honestly to God. He can handle it. And then number three, when you have done it, you've got this emotional expression, be sure that you be still before God and something miraculous is going to happen. We serve the living God and God the Holy Spirit will help you see things differently. He will help you see them more redemptively. We say in theology, he helps us develop a new theodicy. That just simply is a big word that simply says, look, we can look at things differently. We don't live according to the event. We live according to the memory and the interpretation of the event. And God, the Holy Spirit, who created the heavens and the earth, is here to recreate in your mind a different way of looking at your pain so that you can live openly and honestly and fulfilled in the life of Christ. That is such good news. And then number four, make sure that when God does break through, when he helps you see things differently, make sure that you praise him, thank him for helping you and trusting the living God. We don't live according to the event. We live with the interpretation of the event and God can help us see things differently. Those things that we thought were true about us, we realize that are lies. Not just because, and, and I will say this, just because you think it doesn't make it true. Challenge your thinking. Challenge your thinking. Listen, uh, when you're done with that, God will help you reinterpret. He'll help you see things differently. Let me give you a couple of quick examples. Can you see these up on the screen? These, see the lion? Do you see that? Do you notice that you're looking at exactly the same thing? Or you're looking at it in a different way? Go to the next slide. What do you see up here? How many of you can see the old lady? Let me see your hands. This is a psychological test. Come on, can you see the old lady? How many of you can see the young lady? Isn't it interesting that you can see both, but you know what your mind will not allow you to do? Your mind will not allow you to see both at the same time. You will choose one or the other. Look at your neighbor and say, this is how it really looks. And the question is now, what's the next thing that you see? Look at the next slide. What do you notice here? How many of you can see the people? How many of you can see the vase? I can tell you, when you look into the face of Christ, you begin to break those secrets, and those secrets, once they're revealed, begin to lose their power. And the question then becomes, can we bless those who have spit on us? Can you... Do good to those that have harmed you? Can you even pray for those that have done you wrong? A secret that is revealed begins to lose its power. It's amazing. Challenge what you say. Challenge what you think. I can tell you that the enemy is always going to try to bring you down. The devil knows your name, but calls you by your sin. And Jesus knows your sin, and he calls you by your name. What does God want you to know? I hope you can see this. God wants you to know five things. One is, I love you. He demonstrated his love for you and that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And how much more does he love you now? 
you've come in today and you say, I'm not very lovable, Don. Listen, I can tell you Jesus loves you and therefore you are lovable. And he values you. You're valuable. He's willing to forgive you. You are forgivable. He's not leaving you where, he's, where he found you. He's going to change you. And he says to you, look, I'm never going to leave you alone. That's what you need to put in your long-term memory. But you see, it says to you, you know what? I will change your name. I don't sing well. I carry a tune, but I just don't deliver it sometimes. But he says this over you. He says, I will change your name. You shall no longer be called wounded, outcast, lonely, or afraid. I will change your name. Your new name shall be, listen to this, confidence, joyfulness, overcoming one, faithfulness, friend of God, one who seeks my face. What God is doing here at North, at True North Church is he's creating a community of loving persons with God himself at the very center and it's his prime sustainer and his most glorious inhabitant. Listen, can I just say this? When you leave here today, leave the chains of shame. Put it in your long-term memory because of Jesus Christ. I am lovable and valuable, forgivable, and I'm changeable. And God says, I'm never going to leave you. And I will say to you as clearly as I can, he's not done yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for watching. I pray that that message was a blessing to you. And I pray it's encouraged you um, wherever you find yourself in your journey of life. We never like to end any one of our services without giving you um, the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised to life, that you will be saved. And salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work towards it. It can only be received. It's this incredible grace that comes only from God. So the Bible says that right where you are in your season, not trying to fix anything else, not trying to get yourself better, not waiting or putting off salvation, but today to make the decision to say yes to Jesus, that you know you can't save you, that you need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. The Bible says it only requires you to say a simple prayer. So repeat after me, just say this prayer. Say, dear, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Come into my life and make me new. I'm now a Christian. Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just said that prayer, we believe that your eternity is secure in Christ. One of the things that I wanna encourage you to do, your next step, if you would, um, is to tell somebody, whether you're telling us through the website and contacting us and informing us or telling someone else at a local church and maybe you visited. The second thing I wanna encourage you to do is to be planted in a healthy 
Bible-based church, whether it's True North Church or another church close to you, find a church community to do life with. Man, we're so excited for you. Make sure that you get a Bible. If you don't have one, please reach out to us. We'd love to bless you with the Bible and encourage you on your journey with Jesus. I'm excited for you. I truly believe that your best days are still ahead.